to Candidly Single Mom. I'm your girl Janine, and this is a place where we talk about all things single parenthood. So for this particular episode, we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Patrice Martin. In part one, she did introduce herself and talk about how she became a single mom twice over. So we are continuing the conversation of how she was able to continue to parent while healing from the passing of her husband. So let's listen in. And the question yeah. I have, um, even as you're talking, well, I'll make one point and then I'll ask the question. Sure. Um, I always say that there's no one size fits all as far as when it comes to a single parent or a single mother. And I really believe that the go-to that society at whole would think a single parent is, is either one who's had children outside of marriage, right, or through divorce. But with your experience, you've experienced the divorce, you experienced your husband not being there uh, because of his illness and having going through a certain type of single parenthood, um, you know, experience. And then, you know, as a widow, being a single parent. And so this was really the reason I wanted to bring you on because I want people to understand it's not one size fits all. There are so many different um, factors, reasons, situations that brings a person into single parenthood. And I think people are not sensitive to the fact of that. And we can talk about that. We've we've had conversations about that before. But I wanna ask you, what, what are your thoughts on being called a single mom or using that as a title or even as a label. What do you think about that? Okay, so to be transparent, I um, I don't know if I've ever really been called a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that there may not, but there may be a perception of me being a single mom because I don't have uh, my husband in the household or through divorce or through um, death. Uh, that's, I mean, those are the, the elements that in, in, in the situation that I'm in. Um, however, I probably felt that more with the divorce mm, okay. than I have felt it with through uh, the transition of my, my, my second husband. Because a single parent, it, it, I heard it more... Um, and I was never called that per se, but I felt the the there was a uh, the label or the weight of that uh, based upon other people's perceptions of what single parent uh, a single parent mom really is. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I never really embraced that, um, so I mean I know that it may be a title. Um, is it, but it's not like a destination, right? Um, and I know oftentimes. Um, it's always, unfortunately, um, cast as a negative. It's never perceived as an advantage or a positive. Because when you hear single, uh, single mom or single parenthood, you hear, uh, one, like, what went wrong? Something you may have done right. incorrectly. Um, you know, you are the cause of it. You're at fault. Um, then you, uh, you're seen as... Um, less than, of course, we have data and statistics that state, right. you know, the disadvantages that um, 
how we're impacted negatively career-wise, how we're impacted negatively as far as our financial status, um, our economic status, our educational status. There's many uh, at, uh, data components or, or benchmarks that say that we are a thing. Uh, I felt that more through my experiences with uh, my first divorce. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there was a, a huge perception of me as an individual. Like, so you're single now. Um, now, so how, what are you missing? How are you needing, how are you filling those gaps? Um, and I, I remember distinctly, you know, I had some challenges with my oldest son, just, you know, him uh, having a few issues going on in elementary school, middle school, high school. And I thought it interesting, there was a perception uh, when I was trying to set up structures uh, to get him resources to support him. It was so interesting how people assumed that I was not in the know. You know, uh, again, I'm an educator. Uh, so uh, there are things that I know that children should have access to, mm -hmm. uh, particularly at, you know, the zero to 18 years of age. Um, so there was a lot of assumptions about my educational background. Uh, there was a lot of assumptions of being about not being uh, knowledgeable about the resources. And then a lot of assumptions made, uh, made about me being knowledgeable of the laws that, you know, impact children. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I had to push the the envelope there because a lot of assumptions were made. There was also a lot of assumptions made because I was single. Uh, then I um, was a little bit gullible, like mm -hmm. you know, I'm open to being taken advantage mm -hmm. of uh, in various settings. I, I mean, just to be transparent, uh, there were. Just being honest, there were some gentlemen that assumed because I was single, you know, that I'm willing to accept any behavior or relationship. Right. And I was very adamant about not lowering the bar um, and not allowing my circumstances at that time to dictate my relationships, my education, my career. I was very adamant about that. Matter of fact, uh, I probably it was probably one of the catalysts to push me to uh, like not lower the bar. Right. You know. Uh, so I found that very interesting. The perception uh, in, in in the in the marketplace in the workplace. Um, in uh, in church, I mean, everywhere right. you that that I touched, there was a perception of you being a single mom. Then oh, you oh you need this oh oh poor thing, um, and oftentimes you know I, I always had those aha moments where people were like well, oh oh she really knows what she wants oh she really knows what the expectations are she's she's not lowering the bar. So uh, I oftentimes I, I, I've experienced a single mom uh, label or title mm -hmm. uh, during the first go around. This second, I've not experienced that um, as much. But again, I'm further along in my career, I'm, uh, mature, and I am um, more confident than I have ever been in my life, more certain of myself as an individual. Uh, that I don't even allow anyone to even, you know, push into my space 
anything that may have a negative connotation. Right. Um, respecting the fact that single moms, you know, we just do what we have to do um, by any means necessary. Um, we make the sacrifices that, that need to be made on behalf of our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we go the extra mile. We lack for the, for the sole purpose of ensuring that, that our children in our household don't, don't go without. So we do those things um, as just like our intrinsic, you know, minds, our intrinsic belief system and our intrinsic power and our intrinsic knowing of that's what needs to be done. Right. So I really hadn't, the second go around, I hadn't had that experience, but I had it more... And maybe because I was younger is why I may have had that experience of the single, but I did not embrace it. And I made it very clear for those that I interacted with, you know, I may have, I may be in this particular uh, circumstance. uh, However, that's not going to dictate my moves and my interactions, if that makes sense. Right. It does. It does. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why I even have this podcast and even talk about single parenthood because these are the stories, what you just um, expressed. These are the stories that I hear and what I've experienced as a single mom as well, the perception of which the negative connotation that comes along with it. And I've always um, struggled with saying I'm a single mom because of what that perception is. And, you know, we might have to have a whole other conversation when it comes to the educational system and single parents and the children, because I've had an unfortunate experience with my daughter and a principal who had made this um, comment that she was acting out because her father was not in the, maybe because her father wasn't in the home, uh, which was nothing further from the truth. but, you know, you being in the educational system, having that ability to um, know what it is that your children have rights to, access to, yeah. but for the average single mom, such as myself, I was like, well, how do I combat this and fight this? And that was a struggle for me. That was a struggle for me. Um, oh, wow. So so I definitely agree and understand, you know, it's a similar journey um, as far as the experiences that we have as single parents. Um, And the other question I wanted to ask, you know, when it comes to even just the perception of that, but kind of your experience walking in single parenthood, what were challenges that you um, had to face that you felt like you had to overcome, you know, whether it was after the divorce or even, you know, um, the second go-round, you know, um, of your husband passing away, what were some of the challenges that you had to kind of walk through? So the first go-round through my divorce, the challenge I had to overcome was just, you know, the failure, Mm -hmm. right? So it was really for me... You know, I went into this relationship with the intent of it lasting forever. And then when it failed, uh, just being transparent, I felt like I failed Mm. as a person. Um, So just also being transparent, I went around probably for about a year, um, not with my first husband, but actually pretending like I was Mm -hmm. (laughs) like no one really knew uh, except my immediate family because I I just 
I needed time to process where I was and it felt like a huge failure for me and if anyone that really knows me they know like I don't like to fail at anything mm -hmm. I like to do all things great or or well um, and I um, that was a challenge for me um, to have that level of failure and and try to overcome it mentally um, that was a struggle for for me and it took me some years um, and you, we were ideal and this and I will say this you know everyone has their own journey and I just encourage every single mom to be able to embrace their own individual journey and not allow anyone um, to try to push them into a place or try to to expedite their experiences mm -hmm. or to cause their experiences to be regressed in any way. Everyone has their own way of navigating that. Uh, for me, uh, it did impact my level of confidence um, as a person. So that, because when people go through a divorce, it just, to me, it feels like uh, a uh, death mm -hmm. and that, you know, you, the person is still alive and breathing but you know that whole union you know you really are saying you're becoming one right now you're actually coming back to now you're you're separating uh my spirits and souls to then go on to a different life so it really impacted my self-esteem mm -hmm. um so it took me some time to to work on me to process what happened and then to acknowledge all the things that occurred that, that I have to own myself. I mean, you know, again, it's easy to try to place blame on someone else, but you really have to take ownership to say, okay, what, what role did I play in right. this unfolding this way? So uh, the hurdle that I experienced for the first, for the divorce was just the self-esteem. Um, the hurdle for the second is the, just a huge amount of grief. Mm. Uh, that I experienced that that uh, was almost uh, that almost took me under I'll be very honest with mm -hmm. you it almost took me under because um, you know you know how you go through those experiences uh, for those that are caregivers and and you're seeing progress and you're just uh, you you have prayed you've spoke to God and know you have this knowing that it's gonna end up away and when it didn't, it, it was a huge blow. So the level of grief that I struggled uh, with and experienced was huge. Mm -hmm. um, and I had so many people telling me what I should be doing. I had so many people mm. telling me, you shouldn't go to the grave site as often as you're going to the grave site. Um, you, sh you, um, you um, other things, you should be... You know, start dating. Okay, why are you not dating? What's taking you mm, so long? Wow. You know, so I had so many that wanted to guide or dictate or, you know, give me uh, feedback on my experiences. Yeah. And I could not. I had to really allow me to have the full experience. Right. Without me... Um, taking on others' opinions and ideas of what um, this experience was like. So I, I really, the first time was really just the guilt 
And the second time was just a huge uh, amount of grief because, you know, he was my good thing, right? He right. was amazing and um, loved me and all of my flaws <laughs> and um, res- had the utmost respect for me. He was my purpose pusher. Um, in ministry every Sunday when I would preach the one thing I can guarantee he would always say is good job babe you did awesome you know so he was always encouraging um, and then to 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 not have that uh, it was a huge like my absolute best friend gone right so uh, and you have to remember and Janine I hadn't I don't know if you remember this um so Remember, we found out we were pregnant in March of 2016. We found out about his diagnosis in April of 2016. And my very best friend of 35 years died in April, 1st of June, uh, in May, 1st mm-hmm. of June of 2016. So those three things right. happening right back to there back. together. She was with me, actually, when I found out I was expecting. So... Um, I said, well, she transitioned. Like, oh, you know, my husband, he's my he's my advocate. He's there. And then he transitioned. The amount of grief was just huge. Right. It was so huge that he and I were looking for new homes prior to him transitioning. Uh, and I knew when he transitioned, I could not even stay in that same setting. Yeah. I had to find a new place. And, and the beauty of all of it is he and I um, actually picked out the house that I'm living in, we're living in now. Um, so he still, those memories are still there. Yeah. Um, and matter of fact, where I'm sitting right now is where he was sitting uh, when he was last visiting this where, I'm, where we moved to. So uh, those memories are still strong. So I'm just, I think just the whole process of the grief has been the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm much better than I was. Have I arrived? No. Um, but it's a journey. Right, right. It's a journey, it's a process. And, you know, even when you talked about your divorce with your first marriage, that it took you 14 years. And that's one of the things for me, I don't even keep up with the years, Patrice, how long it's been, I think 10 years, if I was to count back. But I knew, just like you were saying that, I needed that time to process. I needed that time to heal. I needed that time to regain my identity Um, and understand who I am. And I think that sometimes a lot of us, you know, regardless of whether it's the going through a divorce or, you know, with your second marriage, uh, the passing of your husband, we have those people that have the good intentions, but they still um, don't understand that it's a process and they try to rush you along, you know, Mm -hmm. or in my case, I had somebody say to me, Janine, it would have been easier for you if you would have stayed married. (laughs) <laughs> and well just being transparent right. I thought that myself I'm like really if you yeah had just stayed married then you wouldn't have had this experience right right and you know that holds all that whole self-doubt exp- I mean mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just a common a common thing to experience so I, I completely understand what you're saying right completely. right but you know sometimes you know you have to know for yourself you have to have the you self-esteem do. to understand as a woman, there's a certain way that you deserve to be treated as a wife and as a mother. And if you're not getting that, and if, especially if there's abuse in the relationship, you know, um, 
I think, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that God, God instituted marriage, God loves marriage, and, you know, the wanting to make it work and going through that process, but I believe in certain circumstances, God gives us a way of escape, you know, and we're talking about just, you know, the divorce factor. Um, and that was what, when, what it what was when we were married, when I was married, you know, and I, the leaps and bounds and even that relationship with my ex-husband, so much better, so much better. But, you know, for you, I can't, you know, even imagine in your second marriage, the processing <laughs> yes. of going, yeah. you know, the grief process, yeah. but still having to parent. So my question for you is. How do you parent while still healing yeah. or while still grieving? How do you do that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have to be very intentional uh, with my time. Mm-hmm. I have to be very intentional with my thinking uh, and I have to guard my heart and my mind uh, as I am uh, parenting and being uh, present right. for her. Because, of course, you know, I would not be any use for her, if, uh, you know, if I'm just uh, a mess, if I'm not, you know, present and if I'm not engaged. Um, so I'll be very transparent with you. Uh, so my husband transitioned mm. in... Um, November of 2018, I enrolled mm-hmm. in graduate school in January 2019. Um, I, for me, this is not for everyone else, but I needed something that will draw my attention while I processed. Um, so that's how it worked for me. Um, I I needed, and I actually started graduate school before he transitioned, but Mm -hmm. when his health began to be a challenge, we were traveling more, I had to, um, I had to um, um, discontinue the program, but I started back in January, and the beauty of it all is it just kept my mind uh, engaged, I also um, made Mm -hmm. sure uh, for whatever reason, and I know God does all things well, um, I you know really pressed into ministry more. I pressed into you know being very um, intentional about my time that I was allocating mm-hmm. to the Lord and the, the time that I was serving in ministry, um, and really then spending more time with family. So I I was able to create some coping mechanisms that helped me uh, better ex- mm-hmm. uh, go through this journey of grief. Um, and when I look back, to be transparent, I probably should have gone through some sort of grief counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that's completely off of the table, but um, at the time, I just wasn't there um, to do that. I just, I just, I wasn't, I couldn't give that energy uh, with a two-year-old, and you know, I just, I just didn't want to do it. Uh, but between uh, enrolling graduate school, you know, ensuring that I had a tribe around me that could uh, support me, and then really working really hard mm-hmm. uh, and spending time in ministry and getting um, closer to my uh, building my relationship with the Lord even more. 
Um, those were the things for me that got me through. Um, so I had to find some strategies, some uh, coping uh, structures that then uh, allowed me to not fall into depression or fall right. into a negative headspace. Or just to be honest, like getting mad with God. You hear people have that experience. They get mad at God when they may have had a substantial loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And was I disappointed that the prayer that I prayed for was not answered right. in the way that I wanted? Yes. But I also know the prayer was answered in the way that God saw fit. So... I had to uh, embrace that. Did I ever get God mad with God? I did not. Right. Um, because if I really stand on this word, I really know and believe that he, he orchestrates my life. Uh, his plans are to prosper me. And, and I know that. So with that being said, I didn't get mad. Um, but I knew I had to create some structures to um, right. make sure that I'm mentally and physically healthy and present for my daughter so um I, and i would tell anyone as as a, a single parent you have to know you and what your right. um uh what your vices are and what are those things that you need to keep you in a healthy space mentally and physically uh, find what those things are and then create some strategies and build a plan around those things. If you find yourself around individuals that tend to talk negative, that are not seeing the brighter side of the picture, uh, if they always have something negative to say, or if you're always getting off the phone with them or after you have a conversation with them, finding yourself in a, in a dark place or a negative place, that means they've drawn, I mean, your know, spirits, you know, spirits transfer. So you want to be mindful of, is that spirit right. dragging you or pulling you away uh, from, from the light right. of God? Is, are those things making you feel a way? You have to be very cognizant and present of how you're feeling uh, because those feelings tell you something right. uh, about those relationships. Like all relationships that you have, whether it's at work, whether it's family, whether it's at home, they are then feeding you. So for me, um, even when you talk about that whole single mom experience and how people perceive you, you have to also teach people how to treat you. You know, uh, so being silent in a moment that may feel uh, like a little bit of a jab or may feel not healthy, you have to be bold enough to either make a decision to share with those individuals that are putting you in that space or maybe with love, you know, except separating yourself, still love them, but love them from a distance uh, because I'm a huge advocate of protecting my peace. Um, and I, I want to be able to have that joy and experience, uh, every day. Uh, and you know, anything that's pulling me away from that, I'm, I'm very strategic about making sure that that doesn't invade my space. So, I mean, once I came up with a game plan, um, it's worked for me so far. Um, you know, do I have days where I feel like, uh, Sharice, 
You know, we all had a longing and the Lord made us. I mean, there's a reason why he made Adam and then made Eve. He, that was the structure. That's how he created uh, from the very beginning, um, you know, the systems of, of humans. So we all may long to have that relationship. Um, however, I, you want to always make sure that you're in a healthy and productive relationship. Um, so I, I have at this moment chosen not to engage uh, in, you know, trying to find a relationship because, again, still healing. And when the Lord lifts that and I feel like I'm in a space, then, of course, you know, like the Bible tells us, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing uh, and find favor with the Lord. So that's that's kind of my my journey. Uh, is it unique? Is it um, is it unique? Yes. Uh, I still have people you know, trying to tell me what I, how I should feel, um, you know, and I know, I know there are other others that, um, may have already transitioned to another relationship and may have even gotten married. Um, but that's their journey. Uh, but you always want to enter a relationship whole. Uh, you should never go into a relationship broken because you're just creating more broken pieces. Uh, so you really want to feel like you're walking to an exper experience whole um, and uh, are able to really be in a healthy, uh, thriving, uh, loving relationship. So for me, uh, this is just the path that I'm on now. Well, Patrice, I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on your story. Um, I want to say it's unique. But um, I know that there are probably other uh, single moms out there that can um, identify with all that you've been through and gone through and currently what you're navigating through as far as grieving. So I know um, we've been on here for a while. I don't want to keep you um, long, but I want to invite you to just come on and pray for any single mom that is a widow or pray for um, single moms that might be grieving, whether it's the end of the divorce um, or the end of a marriage, rather, or whether it's um, the fact that they are a widow, um, or if they're feeling pressure from uh, family members or friends uh, to where they want them to move on. So if you don't mind, I'm going to open the floor for you to pray. Um, thank you so much. Absolutely. So... Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to come before you and, Lord God, lay all of our cares uh, before you, Father, because we know you care for us. We thank you for being a wise God and all-knowing God. You know everything. You knew us when we were in our mother's womb. We just bless you on today. Father, I come interceding for our single moms that are widows, Father, those that have lost their spouse, Father. And I will also, Lord God, lift up those single men that may have lost their spouse, Father. We ask you, Lord God, to continue to be their comforter, Lord God. Send your Holy Spirit to give them peace, as your word says, that, that surpasses all understanding. Father, we know, Lord God, you're all knowing God, Lord God, meet them at their point of hurt, Father, meet their 
at their point of brokenness, Father, and we ask you to supernaturally restore them, Father. Make them whole in you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you're doing a new work in them, Father, Lord God, and we know that you have a plan for them to prosper them, Lord God, and give them a hope and a future, Father. So we thank you, Lord God, and let them know that you've given them everything, everything, everything they need to be able, Lord God, to press through this experience, Father, and be able to recognize and experience joy on the other side, Father. And even in those, Lord God, that are struggling now, still, Lord God, going through their opportunities of grief, Father. But I ask you now, God, that you are a God of miracles. You can do the miraculous. You can do the unusual. You can heal all those broken places, Father. Send individuals now. Send your angels, Lord God, to them, Father, to minister to them. Send that friend, that loved one, that co-worker, Father, to be able to speak life into them, Father. We are decreeing and declaring, Father, Lord God, that there is victory in the end and there is greatness, Lord God, coming. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that this life experience, uh, yes, as your word even declares, though we go through the valleys, Lord God, you are with them. Though they go through the valleys, you are with them. They are not alone and you would never leave us alone. You never leave us comfortless. That's why you send your Holy Spirit. So Father, we decree and declare on today, Lord God, that there are new beginnings, new restorations, new experiences. And Lord God, I speak joy in their lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Patrice Martin. You have been just an amazing person to talk with, to learn about your journey of single parenthood. And um, I just want to say thank you. I know, I know that we have to come back on at a later time and talk about the educational aspect of this for single parents, because I think that that is something that a lot of single parents probably experience. So I'm just throwing that out there for everyone that's listening. We are going to bring Dr. Patrice Martin back on uh, to talk about public school education and how to navigate that as a single parent. So um, as I always say to everyone that is listening, thank you so much for joining, for listening in whatever time it is in the world that uh, where you are. Thank you again. And I want to make sure that you follow me on all social media platforms. That is Janine Elizabeth. And then also, if you're listening to Candidly Single Mom, go ahead and um, subscribe to it. You can find me on all social media platforms. I am on every platform and I definitely want to hear back from you. So if you have any feedback, if you have any comments, um, if you just want to connect, um, you can always do that on the platforms or uh, follow me on social media and send me a message. I'll be looking for those. So thank you again, Dr. Patrice. Again, again, again. It was amazing to have this conversation with you. And I know that we're going to connect at another time. Um, So you all have a great day. Take care. Have a great day.